Hey guys, so far you've probably enjoyed about 24 episodes 24 of Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher Goodness, um, which I guess means that you've spent almost an entire day of your life listening to us. With us. That's a lot of time, guys. It's a long time. I think we should Are you tired? Um, <laughs> you might be tired of us, and if you feel like you need some space, we're going to oblige that. Um, after a couple more episodes, we just wanted to forewarn you so you can prepare yourselves emotionally um, for a little bit of distance from us. Um, we are going to have... Um, we're going to take a quarter off so that we can regain some steam, organize some um, uh, other side projects. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe get some uh, guest speakers lined up. Yep. Yeah. And so um, after these next couple episodes, you can expect us to return in the new year. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Yeah. You are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and across the table from me is... Wayne Randolph. Hi Wayne. What's up dude? How you doing this evening? Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Hey, um, how, how do you feel about Donald Trump? Oh wait, um, maybe maybe that's not a good conversation starter. Um, let's see. The lately, there's been some athletes kneeling mm-hmm. at football games. How mm-hmm. do you feel about that? Uh, oh well. How about um, well, you know the, the whole DACA thing. Am I right? Um, the deferred action for childhood arrivals. Like, right. Um, you just give me like maybe two cents off the top of your head, so I could see if we're friends or not. <laughs> Is there? <laughs> if this is multiple choice, is there? A, yes, uh, um, I don't know. Well, you you don't even need to yeah. like, tell me your actual opinion. You can just say if you agree with me or not, because uh, that's what I'm looking for. That's, you're looking for affirmation. I want to make sure. Are that you you're... safe? Do you speak the same script or narrative? Well, I just want to speak. I just want to know if you're right, like mm. I am. Oh gosh, I already don't like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well played, though, Chris. Your face. What are you? What are you doing there? <laughs> what do you? What do you do with those questions, buddy? So, so if you've been living in the United States of America, which maybe we have, I think we have a couple of us. I know my dad lives in Singapore. Hi, dad. Hey, um, Singapore. Um, <laughs> so, but for the most of you, and in Singapore, they do get Fox News and CNN. So we've got both sides. You know what's funny? Um, the other night I was in, <laughs> of all places, um, I must confess that I had a couple of McDoubles. The, the you told pick, me this the other day. Yeah. The Mick Pick Two for two fifty, yeah, and it was then, surprisingly delicious. Oh, so good! It was yeah. reminiscent of home. Maybe no. not home childhood. No, no, of of my own current bad choices. That, that's so like what it you. was reminiscent of. So you're, um, so you're at McDonald's. So I'm at McDonald's, and it has there's a lot of screens up because we can't um, be in spaces without screens because yeah. we're you know modern. You like screens. Yeah, um, and on one huge. Uh, Jumbo screen, if you can imagine this, over the soda fountain, there was there was Fox News, awesome, um, and it was blaring oh. um, loud. And then oh. on the other side of the restaurant, over the window that looks into the parking lot, was CNN. Was it blaring? Yeah, and well, I mean, it was blaring because it was it was actually a big McDonald's that had like little iPad games and can stuff. Can we pause for a second? Yeah. Is there a any possibility at all that like the owner, the general manager? is some sort of like sociologist or a performance artist like it's Banksy like showing us how loud we are. It must be. Well, it was in Norco. They have horses there. Deal. 
That's that's it called a non sequitur. Yeah, but yeah. That's well played. Um, but the so this this wasn't this wasn't a, a like satirical. Yeah, I don't like, think so. I think it was just piece. I think it was just like let's see what genius. what two things have really high ratings and everyone's connected to oh CNN. Oh, and Fox News. And then you've basically covered the American population by having both of them on. And so they're hedging their bets. You also just basically said that um, even though politics can be polarizing, um, that McDonald's can bring us all together. Yes. <laughs> Moral of the story. Wow. That was did, a good episode. Did you get a picture? Did you? Did I didn't. I should have. Dude, I, yeah. I, I would have, no joke, bro. I would have considered like driving out to see that to get a picture. That's genius, bro. Well, let's think about it, though. I was eating two McDoubles and an ice cream. I wasn't really thinking about the future, was I? Or me. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, dude, what a what a look, what a what a what a what a look into uh, our country right yeah, now. Yeah, and what what's crazy is depending on the circle that you're in, mm. depending on which group of people you're with, on what side uh, of McDonald's you're sitting. Yes, exactly. Uh, whichever of those guys you quote, or hey, so I was watching. Is Hannity one of those shows? That's what I hear. I don't have cable, bro. Uh, so. I'm kind of playing dumb. Yes, Hannity's a show. Okay. Yeah, I know his name. Um, and there, there's Anderson Cooper. Uh-huh. He was the one on the other screen. I think, yeah, they don't like each other. Okay. From what I yeah. understand. And yeah. so they were on the two screens. And I, um, even bringing up those names, for some of you who are listening, you're probably, you probably had a visceral, visceral reaction to one of those names. Um, so and it's weird. just because of the network they're on. Yep. The, and even though both of them um, claim we are an objective, an objective news source, um, Nevertheless, those names can still carry a lot of baggage with them based on the type of news that they cover and the way that they cover those yep. those news items and the people that they interview. So we're you, we're doing this. Yeah. We're so, doing this podcast. So you guys all work at schools, at ministry sites, you're work and for for those we work with students, but yeah. even even high school students are not immune to the same polarization. I can I can think mm. of um, the day after the election, one of one of our students coming up to us, um, one of our Latina students, um, came up to me and was like, "Mr. Seals, I'm so scared. Are you scared?" Um, and I I don't have a lot of emotional response, and I was like, "Wait, what happened?" Um, and but then I define think, scared. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I we have I had another student who since the election haven't hasn't talked stopped talking about how much he loves like, his his president. Right. He actually like jokingly in class, and and I yeah, it was fun. Jokingly in class, he called him Papa Trump. Like you're talking about my dad. That's Papa Trump, right. you know. And, yeah. And so um, even even in high school, those, they're both juniors now. Um, high school juniors, we have. They're both in my class. Polarization. I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you're in the faculty lounge. Let's start there. Um, someone leans up against the water cooler mm. and, and drops one of those questions. Yeah. Um, and usually, I, here's what I've noticed: it usually doesn't start with a question that is like honest and wanting, <laughs> wanting to figure out where you're at. But it usually, I almost always seems like a Donald Trump. Am I right? Like, and there's, it's sort of a, you're already on my side. Let's start talking about this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so when someone throws like lobs, one of those grenades at you, um, right how do you now, respond? Right now or 10 years ago, <laughs> Wayne, 10 years ago, let's do the 10 years ago response. Uh, no, let's, let's not. Okay, maybe we, not. That's bad instruction. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I don't know. Can you, usually, usually what I do, I, I really try, um, and I'm, I kind of chuckle because 10 years ago, Wayne would have, um, been offended and let them know it. And, mm. um, 
Yeah, we'll come back to that because I think that we have a country that is um, easily offended right now. Yeah. I think that needs to come up in this talk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I would hope right now, Chris, that I would um, pause, hmm. that I would, um, uh, man, sometimes I just say Jesus under my breath or in my mind, and it really is, um, right, it's not some magical incantation as much as it is like, Okay, Jesus. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yep. all right, I really, I want to, I want to talk like you right now, yeah. and because um, he's pretty smart. Yeah. Um. So I, I usually will start with asking some questions. Yeah. You know, kind of the so like I, I guess the thing I say, say to our students sometimes is like take like an, an inquisitive posture, an inquisitive stance. Like, yeah. you know, like ask, ask some questions. So, and it really, I mean, it's it's like with anything, right? Like, so what do you what do you mean by what do you mean by Trump? Am I right? Right, right. Yeah, like, because yeah. because what if I don't like Trump and I think that you're saying like Trump, dude stinks. Am I right? Yeah. Or as opposed to Trump, right? You know what I mean? So yeah. so what do you mean by it? Um, you know, we, we kind of start talking some some things, and I, I try uh, as gentle and pass, hopefully passive and gentle as possible, to um, begin parsing out the conversation. Mm. And I unfortunately have learned this the hard way. Mm. Um, I. I yeah, I've already had some some wounded conversations, yeah. wounding conversations, I should say, um, over this some of this junk. Um, but it seems that it's important to separate um, a few things, and so like like party parties, and yeah. and I and I, yeah, I guess we'll get into that in a little bit. But like, are we talking just party politics right now? Is it specifically Trump? Because I mean, even within that, like he's somewhat divisive in his own party. Yeah. So try kind of trying to find out where where they're coming from. Um, and, and then the thing that I, I'm interested in doing, and I've been successful a couple times, <laughs> but I'm interested in parsing out like the, the man and his behavior mm-hmm. and his, um, at least the character that, that is portrayed to us uh-huh. on any outlet of media, yeah. um, and separating that between like maybe some of his policies. Sure. Um, because I, I do like democracy. I, 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 he is the president that we have selected and, mm-hmm. And just like our last president, he's the president that was selected, and there's a group of people that didn't like him. Right. But that's like kind of the cool thing about democracy. Um, and so I, I, I think it's I think it's cool to affirm people um, uh, and say like, yeah, that's cool. That yeah. So what is it that you like about Trump? Like, what is it about his policies? You know, and you kind of and sometimes I'll ask like, what is it about his, your his policies? And you'll have someone. Kind of say, you know what I mean? Like yeah. say, they'll kind of go into more into like, well, I just like, because he speaks at how it is. And right. so it's like, okay, so we're going to have that kind of talk. Yes. That was really long-winded. Sorry. No, yeah. And I think- But it's a lot of qualifiers and a right. lot of like investigation. Right. And, two, and that's good because two things that I think, um, I think I said this either in the last episode or the, the one before, um, one of the main things that is lacking in a lot of the conversations today, oh, it was in the Christianese episode, yeah. but we were talking about the lack of nuance. Yeah. Um, and, right. And so even just- saying like Trump or DACA, right? Oh man, the immigration um, mm. debate is is one that I think that it has been reduced into such a binary conversation. Yep. It is like either deport everybody who came over through this method or that method from these countries. So it's either deport everybody or give widespread amnesty to everybody yeah. um, and give and hand them citizenship. This, this kind of zero sum game, exactly. Again. And yeah. and but then there's so many inflections in between those two statements that um, 
that I think that most of us would be like, uh, well, I don't think either of those things, right? Right. right. It sounds a little extreme for yeah. a reason because <laughs> right. it's exactly. extreme. Yeah. And so I think nuance, um, that's yeah. one thing that you're getting at that's really important. And I think the other thing that you said is um, a, Greg, a Greg Kokel thing from the book Tactics. He talks about the Columbo questions. We've mm. talked about this before with apologetics, but man, interrelationally Dude. is so important as well. This is good with my spouse, with my right. son who's here in the room. I know a Zion. What's up, dude? Live audience. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so if you are able to say, what What do you mean by that? Wait, yeah, this okay, word. So what do you mean by immigration? Like when you say, or when you say illegals, like what do you, what do you mean yeah. by that yeah, term? Define it so, so that I know that we can have... Mm-hmm. A healthy conversation. Right. When you say respecting our country about athletes who take mm, a kneel. Or yeah. Or or disrespecting the troops. Right. What so tell me tell me what you mean by that. And then that so that's the first um Columbo question. And then the second one is well, how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. Yeah. How did yeah. you come to the conclusion that, yes, everyone needs to be deported? Or yeah. how did you come to the conclusion that um, everyone who comes to this country came for really good reasons and right. we need to give them citizenship? That's... Whatever side you're talking on, there's there are conclusions. And I don't think – I think that there's – unfortunately, there's a lot of people at the water cooler yep. who don't know how they came those, to those right. conclusions. And that question, man, it really – it challenges. And, I, man – we're so polarized right now in our country, um, and we are talking in these grand. A lot of the conversations are are, are taking place in this grand like, absolute, right? All these people, so all demos, all yeah. Republicans, um, all gays, all right. blacks, all like right. it's. You're either a right wing fascist or um, a left wing lib- commie, libtard, right? Com- commie, yeah. Libtard, yeah. So, so asking those questions, I think. I mean, even this, that one, the the the. How did you come to that conclusion? I mean, that stumps people because because they do have to stop and be like, oh well, because this news source. Yeah, because I was but, watching on. Yeah, or I read. I mean, here's a sad thing, Chris. Um, I want to mess up the statistic. I should have looked at this beforehand, knowing that we were going to say it. But um, I'm going to say forty at the low end. Um, but I think it was a recent Gallup organization poll found that during the last election that close to like it was like between 40 and 45, I believe, percent of Americans got their their news from Facebook. Mm. Um, and that that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I, I again, um, and that's a- I'm going to I want to pause and do a disclaimer really quick um, even before we go on, because I, I can imagine some people already feeling it like like right. Chris was talking about earlier. Um I think I can speak for Chris on this. We we really come from a position that um, our hope, uh, and uh, at least I can say this. Well, yeah, no, you have it tattooed on you. I like Jesus. Um, our our hope and 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 allegiance is to Jesus and His coming kingdom, mm. um, and and partially present kingdom yeah. um, before before anything else. And in this case, before a, a man, a flag, a political party, mm-hmm. a, a, an animal with some colors on it. Right. Um, and so when we are talking this, I just want to make sure people hear this, that this is, um, and we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit more. But um, So yeah, when, when you start asking people where they get their, 
Where did they get this information mm-hmm. from? How did you come to that conclusion? Like I said, man, if Facebook is where you're getting your news, yeah. period, that's scary. If right. if Fox News is the only place you're getting your news, if yeah. CNN, um, mom, I'm talking to you, um, if CNN is the only <laughs> place where you're getting your news, like you're you're getting one aspect of a story right. that clearly has a lot of other aspects, a lot of other right. sides, and and especially with the social media side, I think that. Um, as teachers, one of the things that we have to teach, we just today we were talking about digital citizenship yeah, and what is. all that means. Um, but one of the things that we often have to cover with our students is like information literacy. How do you know that the thing that you're reading is, and I know fake news is the hot button issue, but like, how do you know that what you're reading was yeah, researched and source. vetted and yeah. is a credible source and peer reviewed? Yeah. <laughs> and when you get something from, from Facebook, that it's not bad if you get something from Facebook. No, not but, at all. But you want to research and check those but if sources. That's, if, I mean, in, in terms of like just strategies of argumentation and debate, or even just conversation. Yeah. Um, in terms of in terms of strategies, Facebook should not be your primary source. Mm-hmm. Um, nor should one particular outlet. Yeah. But even then, like, we, I mean, that could be a whole another discussion there. Like, yeah. um, we're still like, how do we how do we talk about these things in a highly polarized nation yeah and i think that right yeah there's probably even things that on this podcast that uh, so i'm gonna go ahead and say this that i've probably dropped the ball on the very thing that i'm about to say right Mm. now um but i think something that would save us a lot of grief is if when we are having these controversial um conversations before we say something um i think it'd be good if if we don't know the facts Mm. if we don't know the actual like um data or research behind it to just say that like hey i'm not really sure about this topic because what Mm. that does is it forces humility in the discussion Mm. Um, because if we're saying thank you for saying that yeah if like even the statistic you just quoted about 40 percent or whatever even even if we don't know the information by stating hey i can't remember exactly what this was by putting that out there, we're opening up the conversation to say, "Hey, let's look at truth right, together and right. figure out what's and really going on." And there might be other here. stats out there. And exactly. Yeah. Thanks for for reminding all of us because that's that's seems to be my takeaway right now in some of the conversations I've had. Um, and I'm man, this is not all pointing fingers because um, there's some pointing at me, but but to to recognize that right, like that. Oh wow, that didn't work because we were prideful, mm-hmm. right? That conversation did not work and did not go the way planned because we were holding on tight mm-hmm. to our our belief our side our team right and um, e- even though all things like especially when it comes to you we cannot make broad statements about i feel like <laughs> anything <laughs> I, I like obviously there are some things that are broadly true like um jesus is lord he is triune um, the, the God is a triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Jesus is not the Trinity. Um, but I, I think that whenever we start saying things about um, immigrants or athletes or the reasons or the motives behind things, as or, if we know, right? Anytime you guys, if you hear yourself say that, if anybody else says it, we're not saying okay, you get to jump on them. But those should be some red flags, like okay. This conversation, like we might, we might need to pause and work some stuff out before we go much further, right? Right. Even with the NFL athletes, if you're like, all of them are just doing, they all, yeah, are they all doing? Like, have you talked to all of them? Are you? How did you come to that conclusion? Did you do a a a random survey? Like, right? What are their what are their how do you know their motives? Right? right? And it's arrogant. Yeah. Can I quote the 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 uh, the modern prophet Jack Johnson? I dare you. 
Dude, I love this song. But he says, everybody thinks that everybody knows about everybody else, but nobody knows anything about themselves because they're all worried about everybody else. Yeah. I love that, right? It's like, oh, dude, yeah, you figured out. Oh, that sucks. You figured out humanity. Yep. I know everything about you. Yep. (laughs) I know your motives, Chris. Yep. What is one of the hottest, most controversial subjects in today's society? And when that topic gets brought up, how do you usually respond? So teaching high school students, some of the most controversial things come with the issues of sexuality, um, the idea of transgenderism, and giving them scientific reasoning and facts, even when it contradicts popular society's views and beliefs. One of the biggest controversies right now is... um, the gender situation as far as people identifying as different genders. And what was the question? And then when that comes up in conversation, how do you respond? Um, I usually try to keep my mouth shut because I don't know too much about it. I don't want to start anything. One of the most controversial topics, uh, anything to do with politics, but I would say specifically lately at least, talking about what side is Jesus on? I feel like I get that question all the time. Like, the Republicans want to claim him, the Democrats want to claim him, and it's like, well, I don't know if Jesus would uh, be on either side. Uh, and so then trying to unpack that whole question of like, well, maybe maybe these parties didn't spring from Jesus, but from man, and Jesus doesn't want to be associated with either one. being to a king and a kingdom and not a man and a flag. Um, I I think Thank you, Derek Webb. Yeah, thank you, Derek (laughs) Webb. Um, I think that one of the things that we can get from our Mennonite brothers and sisters, Mm. um, and I think the Amish are part of this conversation as well, but friends, um, yeah, is the idea of Jesus having a third way. Yeah. That um, the world and society is going to constantly be trying to say that it's either this way or that way. And Jesus enters into the conversation and says, no, there's a radical yeah. way to approach this conversation, and it's what it's not anything that either of you guys are saying. right?" Um, Brian McLaren has a line, um, and I know that um, <laughs> you might have mixed feelings about Brian McLaren, <laughs> um, but, but from a, a new kind of Christian, yep. um, the, I guess the book that kind of put him on the, ma- the map, sure. the theological map, sure. sure, put him on the stage. Um, he, he talks about there is a, a one-dimensional spectrum. There's a line for that goes from left to right, and what Jesus wants to do is find a, a place above the line, yeah. like outside of the you line. can't put me on no line. Right. Right? Yeah, We're above and, it. And even thinking about the, the Pharisees uh, when they tried to corner him and say, hey, do we pay taxes to Caesar? Instead of they're, they're offering him a this or that, yep. right? Yes. If he says yes, you're a traitor to our people. If That's he right. says no... Um, then uh, the Romans will come kill him. Then and, you're disrespecting Rome and its leaders and their flag and the soldiers. Right, exactly. But then Jesus says, hey, um, whose face is on it? He's so Caesar's. good. All right, give it back to him. Yep. It's his stuff Must anyway. belong to him. If his image is on it, it must be his, right? must be his. But the things that belong to God, like your allegiance and your loyalty <laughs> and your love, um, give those to God. Where God's image is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Yeah, that's that's a genius move. And so, so he... I've uh, heard that one bad before. Yeah. <laughs> Interpreted so he's, bad. He's used... He, he he tends to do this thing where he says, 
no, 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 it's not this or that, but it's this other thing that you had no, that it was totally off your radar. Yeah, you you are missing. It's interesting. I have a um, a an in law who um, asked me at one point. I think it's called it. Is it just your like your mother and father in law, or do you have like uncles in law and aunts in law well, and cousins in law? Do you have those things? English is our playground. Sweet. There's this person <laughs> who um, some years back asked me, "Hey Wayne, you're you're a Bible teacher." So I, I already red flags, right? Yeah, like, oh, here we go. We we know right? we know the conversation is going to be. Fun. Hey Rabbi, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, hey, so if Jesus was here, who would he vote for? And I chuckled and was like, oh, you're missing the point, dude. Like, that's, that's, thank you. That's a great question. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the answer is like, no, like, that's not, that's, he doesn't play empire politics, right? right. Like, you, like, um, I don't know if it was Yoder that, that coined the phrase, but like how the kingdom is like theopolitical in nature. Mm. Um, but, but, when we're talking about God and his kingdom, there is an economy, there is there is law. I mean, we talk about it a lot. There there's there are politics, there are way things work. And yeah. um and so Jesus, as a true ambassador of that kingdom, who's always talking about the kingdom, when it came into this political realm or when he started, he got asked to pick sides or to kind of endorse certain people, he just always went back like no. Yeah. And, no. Yeah. No. And, no. But let me tell you how this kingdom works. It's just weird, right? And he just and he said weird things. And not only would he not vote for the, either of the candidates, but odds are, if you ask the candidates about Jesus, he would probably be a pol- like not he wouldn't be a polarizing figure because either they would both love him for different reasons, That's right? Or they would both hate him for different reasons, yeah. right? The the Romans and the Pharisees dislike Jesus for different reasons. Yeah. Right. But they both it, but disliked they both him. They both disliked him. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that the the poor and the outcast, um, and the people who followed John the Baptist, who were probably Essenes, they they liked Jesus, but probably for very different reasons. Interesting too, the people, a lot of the people that I mean, if we are going to talk political, a lot of people that did like Jesus didn't necessarily have any sort of position in in the democracy, right? Yeah. Not, not that they really had, to, but you know what I mean. Like they, right. they didn't have a they didn't have a a way to vote. Yep. They didn't have any sort of power, and yeah. so. As the other people in power are asking Jesus to endorse their power, mm. he's like, no, I'm going to go give power to the powerless. Right. And I think that... That's the, pretty radical, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the sooner that we as the church um, get a a better grip on the fact that Jesus has a third way, yep. when we get a grip on that, then then radical change can begin. Or at least, even, even if radical change just means that the polarization that occurs in our conversations is diminished. Yeah. We and, can just say, wait, I don't... Wait a minute. I don't have... I don't have to have this conversation dictated by a left-right like narrative. I yeah. don't have to let them, right? Yep. Whoever they are, we're coming for you. But we, we don't have to let them dictate how we're going to talk, right? Right? Like yep. just knowing that is really freeing. Yeah, and I think that um, even for some of you who are listening, um, one of my like, so I'm like channeling my inner polarized person. Good. Um, they might just call us. We're watering it down. Right, we're watering down the discussion. <laughs> we're we're not cho- choosing a side. We're taking the sissy position instead of standing up for what's right and true. But realistically, this, <laughs> this is why they this is why they killed Jesus That's because right. because right. he stood firm against both sides. That's right. And he said for what no, was true and what, what was right, was true. which exactly. is his his kingdom and his king. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and so I hope we do the same. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so if if that's the case, like if we get a firm grip on this, then sure we'll we'll make enemies. I, I think of one of my 
um, one of our mutual friends, our good friend Justin. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, like politically, he, he was someone who introduced me. I don't know if this is still his political position, but something called voluntarism. I loved reading <laughs> about it, man. It was yeah, so But it's wild. really interesting yeah. because, I mean, it, it's not the same as the kingdom or the kingdom theology, um, but it was so, like, I, it was, it's such a libertarian perspective, like liberty-minded perspective, that in any debate he would always frustrate anyone because he wouldn't. It was so other because he, w- yeah. he wouldn't fall into the camps. I remember someone saying. Are you going to be USC or UCLA? Just tell us. Right. right? I, I remember. I think it was w- when I first woke up to the fact that he was this principled in yeah. his belief. I asked him, um, well, if someone put a gun to your head and tell you, told you you had to vote for either Hillary or Obama, what would you choose? And he said, I choose liberty. Hmm. Um, so, and I was like. I like you, yeah, Justin. Yeah, but, and he's like, I choose liberty. And, and so I think that if we could have that same sort of conviction and say, no, I choose I the choose kingdom. I choose the kingdom. I choose the the king in the kingdom, right? Who who loves the outcast and the oppressed, but stands for justice yep. in the face of injustice, yeah. and who does love the rich and yep. conservative just as much, equally right. died for, right? Yeah, he's if he heal he heals the um he heals the son of the Herodian yeah, from a distance, the royal huge. official from a distance. That's right. Um, but and he's also willing. To, to hang out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes, and even have some of them in his in his gang. Yep, right in his in his tribe. Exactly. Yeah, um, Chris, <laughs> that's. Uh, I, I want to plug our, our next podcast really quick because we're going to talk a little bit about um, when patriotism kind of turns into nationalism, mm-hmm. and and um, there, there's a a lot that we can get from scripture, and especially in Revelation. But um, you, you already kind of alluded to this, right? That this. Um, this idea of like it's not about picking sides or or, or even compromising, you know, right. and 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 yeah, I, I look forward to that next one we're going to record. But yeah. I just talking about the stuff right now. It, it it I really want to bring some stuff from class up um, with you because I feel like you just you set me up really good there. Cool. Um, so I teach a class in Romans for for juniors, and um, I I really I to me story is is kind of. I'm not going to say it's everything, but it really is. It's the place where I'm passionate about and, and helping kids find the big story in scripture. Mm. I think this is why I'm so drawn to the Bible project videos. Yeah. Cause that's kind of their goal. Stated goal is like, let's find the bigger story in all these little books. And um, so that being said, um, in trying to find how like the entry point into the story of the Romans for my, my, my students in 2017 with some crap that just went down in Vegas yeah. and with, with like you mentioned, the, the, the politics and DACA and, and people kneeling in the flag and, you know, trying to find an entry point. And, and um, I think I, I found a cool one this year yeah. and we're in the middle of it. So I, I can, I can say at this point that I think it's going well. Yeah. And then maybe <laughs> when we ravine, ravine, reconvene, reconvene, <laughs> ravine is like where you throw your trash. Mm-hmm. If, if you hate the environment right. because you're Sorry. on one of the sides of the political right. spectrum. So, um, anyways, so we're looking we're looking for this uh, this entry point in Romans, and um, interesting enough, um, some years before Paul wrote his letter to the church in Rome, a place that he's never visited, um, the Emperor Claudius um, made a decree, and you can actually even find some of it. I think it's Acts chapter eighteen, if huh. I'm not mistaken. Um, but he made a decree that all the Jews in Rome uh, must leave, hmm. and so this wasn't this wasn't just bullying. You know what I mean? Like 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 a bully pulpit, right? This, this, he's not just using his his power, like like and just being mean and setting a tone. He's 
he is using the law of the land. He makes an official decree um, and tells them they have to leave. It's Acts, yeah, eighteen two. Thank you, Acts mm-hmm. eighteen two. And um, so, so here's what you get. So you you have a, a church that is predominantly well, the first converts are Jews. Right. So it's this it's a, a messianic congregation, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kicked out by law, and Claudius dies, and now they come back, but. When they were gone, the church remained, and it becomes a Gentile church. Right. And so now they come back, and they have all these stupid issues. Yeah. And they're fighting, and they are polarized. And it's... I mean, we're fighting over circumcision. We're fighting over what kind of food we can eat, right? And and I... I really try to help my students. I mean, for me, it's all empathy, especially getting into the text of Scripture. If they can't empathize with the author, the recipient, you know, people like in the in the text itself, that I feel like they're going to miss it, right? Yeah. So we talk about that. Like, can you imagine like moving out of your neighborhood and like for like you go away to college, but you come back and it's like an entire another race of people have moved into your neighborhood. Like, let's be honest. Like, yeah. what's that going to do for you, right? What yeah. are you going to feel? And so, anyways, we talk about that and how Paul has to address that first before he can really get to this um, uh, this third way that right. you were mentioning. And and so, what you and there's a lot of other stuff in in Romans, right? right? And the, and the really the, the normal way we teach Romans a lot has to do with doctrine and you know church doctrine and, and stuff. And um, I'm trying to approach it maybe a little bit more sociological or maybe even yeah, what does it say sociological? Yeah. Anyways. So Paul addresses, and he, like the first three chapters, he's basically like putting people on blast, right? And he like starts like totally dogging the Gentiles. And there's that list. It's a really jacked up list in Romans one. Uh-huh. Like here's all, just all these things you're doing, and you could really you could feel like the the vindicated Jew who's right. been kicked out of Rome and who's back, and he's like, booyah, you just got owned by Paul, right? right? And he's like dropping it on, I don't know, we'll call them the left. Yeah. So he's dropping, like, you guys suck, and you're doing this, and you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. And then he turns over to the Jew, and he's like, okay, guys, you don't have an excuse, right? Like, right. you're his people. You know better. What the crap are you guys doing? That's I, that's my version. Right. <laughs> um, and he gets to this great equalizer that we all know, which is, right, for, for, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. He's like, okay, guys, I just squashed your left-right conversation so we can actually get to the point. Right. Because you Gentiles, your solution is a Gentile solution. And you Jews, your solution is a Jewish solution. Did you ever stop to think maybe you just need to pause and get God's solution. Like, imagine right. that, right? So he's like, "Okay, guys, guess what? You all equally suck. They're, they're, isn't that great? Like, let's yep. let's start talking about it. And now, who in the world can fix this? What if we're all sinned, right? If we've all done this, then where's our solution? And yep. he goes into this beautiful, I almost said diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> he goes into this this great like long treatise on how Jesus is the solution, right? And it, so for that in our class. We've been watching. There's a there's a documentary on Netflix right now. It's up for an Academy Award. Um, it's called Thirteenth, and it and it it goes into the Thirteenth Amendment and looks at some issues with slavery. And basically, from the get go, the the documentary says, "Hey, we we want to know how we got to where we are right now with race right. and politics in our country." And it and it it gives an all maybe. I'm going to say an alternative story, and I don't mean it as an alternative fact. Right. I don't mean it in the same vein as as fake news, but um, 
most of us have grown up with a particular narrative of, of our country. Right. Um, and there have been other characters throughout the history of our country that have found their way into the dominant narrative. Um, and I think, I think about the slavery and Native Americans and um, the Chinese when we were doing the railroads, uh, the railroads and yeah. what we did to the Japanese here in California during right. World War II. And you get these little blips really quick. Or uh, Cesar Chavez and the, and the migrant farm workers, right? right. Um, so you get these little blips that come up on that major narrative. Yeah, and if you look in the history books, they're, they're there for... Like, you know the house, there, there's a chapter... But then it's like one of the bolded headings inside yeah. of a chapter, yeah. and then that's all it gets covered. But it's a, we're talking about an entire people group with an entire story whose entire story narrative. continues, and who's and that's exactly right. it. But in the terms of storytelling, and, th- and this is I'm trying to help kind of like my, um, my, my more like wasp kids, so right. to speak, trying to help them understand. Just because somebody has a different experience with our country. You know what I mean? It doesn't make that that story like less valid than your own. It just means that they've had a different experience, right. and it's a story that we need to hear. And in hearing somebody's story, d- doesn't mean that it justifies. The, I mean, it's just it's just a story. Like right. you're just hearing a story, these and are so things that happen. These things happen, and yeah. and when we when we tell it from the dominant narrative or the dominant culture. We will tell it as as a blip on the screen because right. it was there for a moment, but we moved on. We got past that. Right. That's kind of how we tell the story. Yep. Meanwhile, there's this other story. People are like, whoa, we didn't just pass it. There's all this other all this other stuff going on. So right. the documentary, I'm not going to fully go into it, but it, the documentary just, just shows here's some things that have contributed that got us to where we are. We started the document, and I had all these. I had a full class of just disclaimers. I was right. so nervous, Chris. It was shortly after <laughs> Charlottesville. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, just it's hot right now, but yep. but to avoid it um, and talk about things that are safe, I feel like I'm not doing the kingdom justice. Yeah. And so um, we actually had to start by defining some terms, and so we had to talk about prejudice and racist. Right. Um, those terms, getting called a prejudice and getting you know you're you're prejudiced or you're a racist. Those are being used flippantly nowadays, and they are they are words that again put people into camps, and yep. now you have to defend from that place. And yep. so, and, and once you're labeled, once you're labeled a bigot, um, then you really can't say a whole lot. What am I? Yeah, I wanted to talk about X. Now you call me a bigot. I got to defend that somehow. Right. And now I'm right. Right. And now and now yep. I'm heated because I I don't want to talk about that. And, yeah. and we scream and yell. And hey, long story short, Chris, here, here's what here's what went down. Um, Throughout the movie, we and we stopped a lot. We talked. We there had some assignments. They had to. Uh, how would the kingdom? How what's a kingdom response? That was kind of like one of my prompts. So what what would a yeah. kingdom response look like to to racism in America today? Um, but at the end, um, I, I asked them this question, and you know what? I I, I got it from. Uh, and I'll, I'll call him a mentor. I don't I don't I don't get to see him enough, but uh, Pastor Bob, Pastor Bob in Ventura. Huh. This dude. He's so freaking smart, man, and, and I just don't get to see him enough. But I remember going to his um, one of his sermons last year and was telling his congregation that they need to read MLK and they need to read some Malcolm X. Huh. Bob is a is a sixty. I think he's early sixties. He looks like he's in his fifties. That's right. just in case he's listening, you know. <laughs> um, but he's he's a tall white man, educated. And he's going to start talking about like privilege and this and that. But he, he tells his congregation, you need to listen. You need to read Malcolm X. You need to read MLK. And he says, I don't need you to read them so that you can agree, but I need you to understand their feelings. Yep. I need you to understand how did, how did Malcolm get to the point that he was so angry that he thought that, that by any means necessary. And, and how did Malcolm, or I'm sorry, how did MLK 
you know, how, how did he resist these things? And how did, mm-hmm. how was it that he found his strength in, in Christ and the teachings right. of Christ? And I remember that. And as I'm talking to my students after the movie 13th, that's all I asked. Yeah. I said, guys, guys, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into your political views necessarily, but can you see why a group of people in our country might be angry? Um, can you see why, um, can you understand maybe their perspective? I'm not asking you to justify if they re- responded with violence or with rioting, like if any of those things, but can you see it? And and, yeah. and then even for the other side, like, man, can we see how sad it is that, that there's been enough of this dominant story sold to us that a lot of us have bought it, right? right? And so can we kind of feel empathy to, for both sides? And um, I got to tell you that actually the student that we were talking about who says Papa Trump, um, I love this kid. He was like, he has a justice heart. So it, right. it, it, it all of a sudden it clicked for him because he got information, right? right. He got, he got, he got alternative information, which is what we want to see. Can you follow the information and not right. just hold on to it? Which would be right if you have a prejudice about somebody and then you're presented with other information and you still hold on to that prejudice, you're ignorant, yeah. right? In the negative sense. So, but this young man says, "Wow, if I was if I was African American." I would totally join Malcolm X's group. I think I would feel frustrated. I would feel bad. I would want to lash out in anger. I get it. Right. And it was like, that was it. That's yeah. all I want. And, like, and honestly, I go back to Christ and the way that he, he, he taught and, and listened and exemplified the way that he talked with people. Like, he just wants people to like, I, I really think this, man. Like, like, not the, like, can we all just get along idea? But like, just stop and listen. Right. Just stop and li- Like, Jesus stopped and listened to people. Yeah. He, he he saw past conditions. He saw past political party affiliations, and just listen to people, you know. And yeah. and and man, it's taken a long time in, in this in in our course to get kind of through it. We had to go slow, but I think we're learning how to listen yep. and and finding out that you can validate somebody's story, you can listen, you can empathize with somebody else without endorsing. Yeah, and I think that's what we're all afraid of. That's what we're afraid to like step out of the. The, the the us them narrative right right is because like then we're like oh are we then condoning now I'm all by myself right. now I'm not a part of a group and yep. we really want I mean that's where a lot of this polarization is coming like we want to belong yeah my my wife has been um, listening to um, a lot of Brene Brown um, and listening to I mean reading um, but it's audiobooks so I say listening to nice because we have a toddler so it's easier to listen to things than totally to read things um, but one of the things that that she points out is that we are more polarized and connected and divided into camps than ever, but we are experiencing greater levels of loneliness than mm-hmm. ever. Like we're all entrenched in these camps, but they have nothing to do with true belonging. Nope. Um, it just means we're, we're wearing right. it, we're the right Jersey. We're fitting in. Right. Yeah, she, she distinguishes these two terms fitting in and belonging. And like, mm. if you think about the high school struggle, a lot of it's just about fitting in. Right. It's not about, um, belonging is when you bring your true self to the table and it's it's desired there. Fitting in is learning the scripts and the narratives and playing the game right yeah. so that they allow you to be in their presence. And I think that, that a mm. lot of that's what's going on in the com- current debate. Um, in the current debates is that we're trying to fit in. Mm. We're trying to say, I'm in this camp, you're in that camp. And we fit into our groups, but no one's bringing their true self to the table and no one's truly being known. Um, and as a result, we're not actually talking about anything meaningful, yeah. right? Whereas if we started to hear each other's stories, then maybe we could allow each other to bring our full selves to the table. And yeah. I, I even want to say, like, for those of you who are listening to, like, the Malcolm X and MLK portion being like, yeah, they need to listen, um, maybe sit down and talk. Like, one of those people who loves Trump like crazy, figure out why they, like, if Dude. if you could show the same compassion and love and be like, hey, what? 
what, what is makes it? you what makes you pump your fist whenever you hear the word Trump? Like yeah. what? Because odds are there's a story there. That's right, dude. Right? I'm so I'm so glad. So my wife and I just had this talk, and and we're talking about Vegas. Yeah, and, and we're and just. T- t- what, right, like we're all having the same conversation. We're all having it. What what makes a person do that? Um, how can someone get? I mean, just all of it. Yeah. All the talks are coming out, and my wife and I are talking, and we got on the on the issue of like like the fully automatic, right? Okay? And and this is a again a very divisive. Right. I mean, just guns in general, divisive. So I want to throw this out, and I I, I hope I say this in in, in humility, but be, I'm learning from my students through this assignment, right? right. I mean, I'm 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 learning. How to listen better as well, and, and recognize even my own, um, uh, I guess, brand loyalties, right? Yeah. Um, and they're being exposed. But my wife was saying, like, why would someone need that? And so I, mean, I just told her, and we started kind of laughing. I was like, okay, well, I'm a pacifist, right? I, I don't believe in taking another human being's life. However, I, I I look at the people like most. It seems to be like the little bit of information I have, right? Right, right back to that. It seems to be a lot of people that want the like more military grade weapons are people who are really suspect of government and like like kind of malicious stuff. Like and they and like in a strange way, I empathize. I'm like, right. okay, so you're you have you have narrowed down the problem to the government with power, and so you are you are prepping yourself in case that power is abused or, right. or when it's overly abused, right? And, right? right, and that's what the Second Amendment was all about. Exactly, right? which is why I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm okay with gun rights, you know? Right. I, and, and I'm a pacifist, I'm saying that. But but to stop and to be like, wow, man, I, Chris, I don't even know if a few months ago if I would have been able to take that that stance right. and just to be like, so yep. what's their, like you are saying, what's their story, yeah. right? And, and until we can hear other people's stories and stop invalidating each other's stories. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, stop. Like, just because, like I was saying that earlier, just because it's not your experience, how dare you tell somebody else no? Yep. And the joke I use, right, because I, I, I have to cut it up with humor. I got kids, man. If my son asks me, like, uh, hey, Dad, what's for dinner? And I say, uh, fried chicken. And he says, I hate fried chicken. <laughs> and I say, no, you don't. You like it. You ate it last week. Right. I've totally just told this kid that, like, your feelings, your emotion, whatever it is you're feeling currently, it's not valid. Right. Let me give you the other. And, and so we do this all the time. But think about that on bigger issues then when, when people have skin in the game, so to speak. Yep. And, and there's something at, at stake here, right? And, and we're telling people, like, no, that's not your experience or get over it. or It's, it's weird, Chris. It's weird. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm nervous. I'll say that I'm nervous yeah. for our country. Um, I think that we have two competing worldviews who both see reality differently. Yeah. And I really, I mean, this is my plea to any 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 listener. If you are a follower of Christ, um, it's really our time to stand up. Right. It's really our time to stand up and say, "No, guys, right." Yeah. That there's a different way, yeah. and and Peter even addresses that in First Peter, and, and when he says like, like you're living this certain way, like be respectful to all people, right. like be um, be at peace with people, um, don't repay evil, yep. and then he says right, and then you get that that thing like, and be prepared that when people are going to ask you, so why aren't why aren't you playing this 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 Trump Hillary game? Why aren't you playing this left right game? Why aren't you playing just fill in the blanks with yeah. whatever polarizing thing? And we get to say oh. Cause you know what, this stuff's temporary, bro. Yeah, it's 
this stuff's temporary, and there's a kingdom that is, that is eternal, and yeah. and so there's where I want to spend my right. Yeah. And what a cool like testimony that we get to tell people like, you don't have to be sucked into that conversation. Yep. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. There, there, there's there's my there's my gut plea at the end right. of this podcast, just yeah. to everybody like just give each other a chance to talk. Yep. <laughs> and and I think that so one of the things I was gonna bring up was the idea of like picking your battles. Oh, um, dude. But I but I almost think that. <laughs> Like, cause that's what, what I came into this conversation with is, okay, well, how do we, how do we wisely, like, what hill do I want to die on? Exactly. Cause <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I tr- yeah. tend to think strategically. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe I'll avoid this conversation, but maybe it's not even a, a topic of which, which hills to die on or which battles to choose, but rather how do we take the battles and, and reframe them to the to right the, hill, to the important, <laughs> yeah, to the important hill and be like, Oh, Hey, maybe our battle isn't against flesh and blood. Do you see what we just did? Yeah. That will preach. Let's take it to the right hill, Chris. Oh, Golgotha. What? Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just got all Christian cheesy on it. But no, you're right, dude. Yeah. Like, like, like what, what really matters here? Yeah. I mean, I, I heard, I heard, and even me too. For a while there, I was so nervous, and then right. I, I just started laughing. Like Wayne, you know the Bible. Look at all these stories. Look at all these these empires come and go, leaders yep. come and go. Like, what am I stressing? The church in first century, what they were dealing with in Rome. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, no, this is this is child's play. Yep. Maybe that's it. Maybe yeah. we need to grow up. This is a child's play, right. and we need to grow up. <laughs> and I think that um, when Jesus in Matthew chapter seven talks about. Uh, not throwing your pearls before swine. I think that like those words can be really loaded and, and almost like, yeah, I'm not going to debate with the Dems or the Republicans mm, because they're a waste of my time because they're a waste of my time. I'm not going to throw my pearls before them. But what he's really talking about there, he, it comes right after the not judging people section. And so a lot of what, what he's mm. talking about there is controlling people, right? Mm. Are you going to control people with your criticism and your judgment? Or are you going to try and bribe them and control them with wow. your with your goodies and i think that instead of like when we enter into these conversations um if our posture is how do i persuade them to my side how do i get them to bend to my will how do i how do i throw good catchphrases good data good lines at them how do i throw pearls at them so that they can do what i want them to do then we're mm. missing the point what we need to do is frame the discussion so that they get to see Jesus, Amen. right? Because if we throw pearls at swine, it even says if you give what's sacred to dogs, they'll turn and tear you to pieces. And how many conversations oh. have people entered into wanting to say, I'm going to throw these facts at this person and they're going to get owned and they're going to change and believe my stuff. <laughs> and then they turn and tear them. If they don't tear you to pieces, they tear the relationship That's to right. pieces. That's right. The bridge is burned. That's right. But um, one of our, our coworkers, Ooh. Chris, we were, we were having a conversation. He we were talking about how we were talking about unity, right? And um, even on our faculty, there's a bunch of different views um, across the board, like politically, I'm sure. But he said, "What if we just start with Jesus, though, yep. guys? Yep. Like, and as simplistic and Sunday school as that sounds, that Jesus is the answer. Like, what if we just look at him and say, okay, we, Jesus? And we say, I mean, as Christians, we say that all the time that he's the answer. Yep. Why? Why when it comes to politics? Yeah. Is it a man? Is it a party? Right. And 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 man, you you start adding different names, different adjectives before or after your your Christian identity. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And that that gets weird. Right. That gets that's when you start mixing empire and and 
the kingdom together, it gets weird. Yep. There's yeah. another plug for our next right. our next episode. And, and earlier you alluded to kind of the need to talk about this idea of offense and getting offended. Oh. And I, I think if if our first allegiance is to the kingdom of God and to Christ, then that really changes what we get offended about. That, that's it. That's it. That's it. We can, um, we can hold everything so much more loosely. Like, I mean, I know that some of you are diehard sports fans out there, but for me, like, I, I, I like, <laughs> honestly, I really like watching American football and I like watching soccer. I love um, soccer. But, but when I'm watching these sports, um, maybe this is just like the overthinker in my brain, but I, I don't really feel like an emotional connection to these like 25 year olds that I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, wow, that was a really good kick by that team. And oh my gosh, did you see that play by the other team? You mean you don't say, man, we really kicked it well. <laughs> Isn't that we, strange? Yeah, we did. Oh, I do win. it. I do it. They won. Um, yeah. but, but I think because I, I don't have an allegiance. Now, like if Seji is on my, my daughter is on the field, it, like, I don't know why a two and a half year old will be on the field. But if she was on the field, heck yeah, then I'm bought into that because Amen. I know her. Amen. Um, and I, I buy into that. But when, I don't know, and when, like I have a Barcelona jersey, but if right. Barcelona beats Real Madrid, I'm like, cool. Like that's great. And, and but if they, if they lose, I'm not going to be offended because I'm like, okay, well, well some guys in another you're, country. You're just not a true fan then. I guess not. Right. right? Yeah. And maybe, maybe yeah. that's what we need here is we need. We need less maybe fans we're not of the true left. Fans of Jesus. Yeah, maybe we need less fans of the left and less fans of the right. Um, and within the church, within our Christian schools, we need more fans of Jesus. Yeah, I'm gonna, we we could drop the mic right there, but I, I have to add something as a yeah. teacher. I got to give a homework assignment. If there is any point in this podcast that you were offended, um, if there's been a conversation that you've had lately where you've been offended, um, I challenge you, um, follower of Jesus. Um, to sit with that and ask yourself why you're offended. Um, yeah. If you are one who who sits and prays and meditates and um, listens for the guidance of God and His Holy Spirit, or you're one that goes into the text and goes looks um, for look, looking for answers, um, ask 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 the, the Creator to to guide you yep. towards that area of offense and find out if it's something that you're holding on to or is it something um, that 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 belongs to the kingdom and. Um, I love that you said that, Chris. Um, what, one of the about like uh, picking things that, yeah. that should offend us. Um, one of the rebuttals I get a lot with when I tell people I'm a, a pacifist because people don't like that, so they want to argue me out of it really quick. Right. Um, is how Jesus got violent in the in the temple in the temple when he got a whip in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think it's so interesting of all the times that that Jesus should absolutely justifiably could have defended himself. Um, and so many times that he doesn't, yeah. but he gets offended when someone is disrespecting his father and his intentions in yep. the kingdom. And they turned this area that was actually for the women and Gentiles to have close, a like close proximity to the yep. temple. They turned it into a, a place of, 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 of money, right. right? Of mammon worship. Yep. Uh, and so, he gets offended at the right things. Yeah. And so I, I want to look to Jesus um, as my my example of, of where and when I can be offended. Does that make yep. sense? That's great. Um, so, so yeah, um, I challenge you guys. And, and I say that, you guys, as someone who's done that recently and, and is trying to do that more recently, um, because I find myself doing these same things that we're talking about here. And, yeah. and um, 
C.S. Lewis said this. He says, all that is not eternal is eternally useless. Mm. And I know that the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are, are not eternal. Yep. Uh, and so ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, in the, in the, in the words of the teacher, it's all Havel, right? It's, Havel. All, it's, it's all a vapor. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go away. Yep. The only constant we have, and this is where our hope is as Christians, is in his kingdom. Amen. Right? Yeah. Right? There it is. Bye, guys. Bye.